Hello, and welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. This is your host, Dr. Dave Cornelius. The Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast is hosted on grokshare.com and streamed on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I encourage everyone to find their awesomeness. It is a choice. Tucson's Mayor Jonathan Rothschild issued an official proclamation stating March 11, 2019 through March 17, 2019 is Be Agile Week. We are issuing the Be Agile Week Challenge in Tucson, Arizona and in other areas of the world. Visit www.agileopenarizona.com to learn more. Sometimes you hear and see someone share a story and you pause to think, I would like to learn more about that person. I heard Edmund Marquez share his story at a Startup Tucson Coffee event at Connect Coworking and I said, Edmund Marquez is someone that I would like to learn more about. The authenticity and transparency of his business journey and transformation story is a destination that I aspire to reach. It is great to meet a new friend in a new city and feel welcomed. The topic is Be Agile in Tucson, Arizona. Edmund's perspective on the city of Tucson, Arizona is based on a passionate desire to see the city grow to support the needs of the citizens and compete for new business opportunities with neighboring states and cities. Let's begin. So the very first question we'll start with is like, um, share your story about your journey as a business leader. Oh gosh, as a business leader or as a businessman? Business leader. I think of people as, as leaders. Okay. And, and you are a bad, but a business leader is, is, to me, the key in terms of running organization as opposed to sure. business manager, but leadership is, is key in terms of transformation. Yeah. I think there's lots of businessmen and there's business leaders in this community. I think the leaders are the ones that actively want to get in the trench and improve our community and are the ones that are joining boards, the ones that are joining commissions, the ones that are joining committees. Uh, the people being involved, and uh, I guess I've been a businessman since I was 22, and I started my Allstate agency right out of college at the University of Arizona. Um, business leader took time, took a lot of investment. Um, I have a friend of mine that argues with me about this statement, but I always say it's building equity within a community. I think that you should give more than you ever ask for, and I think it's it's almost, you could call it karma, where you continue to give and give and give, and it, at some point, you get things back, but I think the, the joy in all of that comes from the giving. Um, my journey through U of A was, um, I opened my agency, agency at age 22, um, did not want to be a normal Allstate agency, picked up 30 car dealerships, it was available 24 hours a day as they sold cars, they needed insurance, they would page me, remember the pagers back in the day. Yep. Um, I quickly, I'll give you the long story short, quickly became the number two auto producer in the country for Allstate. Um, they weren't expecting somebody that was in a brand new agent contract to produce as much as I was producing. Um, and um, my 19th month of my contract made some pretty good bonus money. I was able to par that, parlay that into buying my dad's agency, buying th uh, three Chevron gas stations, an Arco and PM gas station, um, merging my dad's and mine agency together, buying a building that he was renting, 
which is a big piece of, gosh, building assets. And then I bought a car dealership, and the car dealership grew into from an independent into a Suzuki dealership. And then, uh, uh, gosh, as you know from you and I talking uh, weeks ago, well, let me just stay there in that point. When I was running 10 companies, I was spending a lot of money monthly on um, advertising, and I was advertising my name, Edmund Marcus Suzuki, and that got me into a lot of rooms. And 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 what that what was good about that is I wanted to be in certain rooms. I wanted to have a voice. I wanted to be involved in my community. I wanted to be um, somebody that they they knew and had the reputation of somebody that cared enough to give his time and give his assets uh, in order to help further our community. So and at that time I joined a ton of nonprofit boards and I loved the nonprofit boards. You learn a lot. You learn about structure. You learn about fundraising. You learn about the cause. You meet the people. Um, usually just fell in love with the staffs of numerous nonprofits of people that just every day wake up and work their tail off in order to, to really further their cause. Turn of the economy happened. Uh, it, I shut down most of my companies. It bankrupted me. Uh, lost my house before Christmas. Um, it couldn't buy groceries, uh, the, amount, the amount that I needed to buy at a certain time, and uh, really was an eye-opener for me and allowed me the opportunity to reinvent myself. And I think this is where you're question comes from as a business leader I learned so much from that downtime and I realized I had a moment in which I could reinvent myself and I decided at that time I wanted to be a better father a better husband um, I wanted to run one simple company and I wanted to more if you think about my company I wanted to be like in and out burger rather than cheesecake factory I wanted to be you know in and out burgers an amazing hamburger burger fries cheesecake cheesecake factory is like a reading a encyclopedia of food so it was. It, I decided I wanted to keep it simple and lightweight, and I also I wanted to give back to my community, and I wanted to be one of those community leaders that, from my own personal side, I want to be one of those guys and gals that wakes up and works out in the morning, eats healthy, spend time with his family, you know, does a great job uh, running his his or her company, and a person that's actively involved in their community. And I had done the nonprofits for so long, I kindly faint came to a time, and I told my wife. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of done here. Like I feel like I've been on so many nonprofit boards. I even joined boards that I wasn't directly related to. Like I'm Presbyterian, but I was on the Jewish Family Children's Services board, just because even though it's a Jewish-run organization, they do an amazing job at social service in this community. But I had just kind of gone to so many boards, and I I had, I had a lot of time, but I just kind of came to a point. And I was telling my wife, I kind of just want to do what I want to do now. Like, I've, I've kind of ridden that wave. And she said, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I love two things. I love dogs, and I love economic development. So in regards to dogs, we give a meaningful gift to the Humane Society, and that felt good, and that kind of checked that box, and we continue to adopt our dogs from there. I've got an insane one named Macy right now. She's nuts. And then uh, economic development-wise, I'm close enough. Um, I have certain mentors in my life, and Mr. Jim Click is one of my mentors, and I went to Mr. Click, and I asked for his help for a few things. I thought the top of the mountain were three different organizations. One was Southern Arizona Leadership Council, which is the room of rooms, which is the top leaders in the community, people truly with their skin in the game, some of the largest companies, some of the most active people, and the people that really are helping move the needle with the state legislature and our, and our local issues. So Southern Arizona Leadership Council, I wanted to get in that room. I wanted to get onto the Sun Corridor board, which is very expensive to be on, but I wanted to be in that room because Sun Corridor, I, they're, they're at the peak of competitiveness for our region. So um, Sun Corridor basically goes out and sells Tucson. We also got to make sure that we have a great product, right? 
got to have great school districts, got to pave our roads, got to take care, you know, got to take care of some of the basic police, fire, first responders. Um, I wanted to be in that room because I wanted to help recruit um, companies to choose some, but I also wanted to see what our strong points were and what our weak points were. I wanted to be in that room. And uh, thirdly, I wanted to be on the Reunable Board. And at the time, I wanted to be on the Reunable Board, but you have to be appointed either by the governor, speaker of the House, and the, and the president of the Senate. Um, it wasn't a popular board to be on, but I saw where it was headed. It just gotten taken over by, and he became board chair, which is Mr. Uh, Fletcher McCusker. I wanted to be on that board because I wanted to see it take off. And I knew they had capital to invest uh, via the state tax dollars that they keep. I knew they had capital to invest in Tucson. And that's a big statement, capital to invest in Tucson, because the city of Tucson hasn't cash flowed very well the last few years. Uh, Pima County kind of, they play their their own role, but um, we still need to pave our roads, et cetera. You know, they don't, they don't have a never-ending checkbook. And uh, But Rio Nuevo had something special. So Mr. Click helped me lobby to get me into the room of SALC. Um, uh, with that connection, I became connected with Joe Snell at Sun Quarter. I got on the Sun Corridor board, and then I was able to, uh, with my connection with Governor Ducey, I was able to get appointed by him for the Rio Nuevo board. So I got onto the three top boards that I wanted to be on. Um, lately, long story short, I ended up getting back into the nonprofit world as I was asked two years in a row to be the chairman of the, of the United Way campaign, because I love their CEO, Tony Penn, who's brilliant. Um, and now I'm incoming chairman for the United Way, proudly. And right now I'm chairman of the Pima Community College Foundation, which Pima is on the cusp of greatness as they have created their centers of excellence and they're really tying in with the workforce and creating pathways to the U of A. It's brilliant. Great things are happening at Pima Community College. And then the last one was I just got asked to be on the zoo board and I said yes. I said, I know, you're giggling too. I'm, I'm with you. But I got on the zoo board because of I'm fiscally conservative um, I don't believe a government should spend money that it doesn't need to spend or it needs to spend wisely. And um, they just got a one-tenth of a penny sales tax increase for the zoo, which will equate to about $80 million over the next 10 years. And I just wanted to – I'm a fan of the zoo, love animals. I found what high-quality people are at the zoo. I just wanted to be part of that to make sure that the zoo got its fair shake and also spent the money appropriately or invested the money appropriately. So that's probably a really long answer for your question, but – no, it was a good story to talk about the transformation, right? Because you, you go from being uh, someone who runs a business into leading a business into being a leader of your community. No, it was a great story to hear the transformation. I, I think it was very helpful to hear. But I want to pivot and talk to you. I want you to dream with me for a minute. Sure. This is one thing. I want to talk to you about that. If Rio Nuevo you know, was to assume the attributes of, let's say, be agile. And when we talk about agile, we're talking about an intentional way of responding to change and opportunities, threats. And in, in the response, you know, what you're really doing is really delivering some measurable outcomes, right, that can be realized and shared. So if we're thinking about Rio Nuevo in that mindset of being agile, and we're just doing it for a week. Sure. What would you plan to accomplish is the first half of the question. And the second half, what would you change? Gosh, if you actually, um, if you really drill down and study the Rio Nuevo of today, and we're Rio Nuevo 3.0, 1.0 was when the city of Tucson ran it from 99 to 09 and, and spent $230 million without a lot to show for it. Rio Nuevo was 2.0 was when the state, board, state legislature took it over and appointed their own board members and lots of lawsuits happened to try to clean it up. We're Rio Nuevo 3.0, which is a CEO-based... Um, Rio Nuevo, 
we are actually very, very agile. We're not even a bit agile. We're very, very agile. Um, we actually move a lightning fast compared to. Think about it. We're a state. We're a state appointed board. We're still the state. We're we're an extension of the state legislature. Um, we are very agile compared to the city of Tucson, Pima County, the the entities that we work with. And we are, if you come to a board meeting, which is the third Tuesdays of every month, um, we are actually, um, we're very fast. We'll, we'll, a developer comes to us with a plan. Our outcome is we look for like a 10 to 1 return on our investment. We're usually doing so, some sort of bridge loan or abating property tax. And, you know, at last count, we had invested $30 million into downtown and have $330 million of projects coming and or being built. Um, we're we're very agile and we're able to accomplish a lot. And it's nice to say that we currently are agile versus the other entities because I think the success that we're having with investing in our downtown as you watch our downtown blossom, which is where I met you, yeah. um, I think that I think it applies uh, applies some peer pressure towards even the city of Tucson leadership and Pima County um, to get things done. Because I think people are enjoying the ribbon cuttings. I think people are enjoying reading about it in the paper about the next 11-story tower that's being built. Or, uh, you know, uh, gosh, we have three three more hotels going up downtown. We are uh, we as a community, I think Tucson, we're probably 10 years behind most communities. Sadly, back in the day, we were ahead of the Austins and ahead of the San Diegos, and they have passed us up and lapped us a couple times. I think city of Tucson and our entity of Renuevo. I think we are finally getting up to speed. We just have we just have some catch up to do, but I think we're in a way, but we're actually very very agile right now. I'm going to bring you back to a one week time box. What would you want to accomplish if that's all you had, right? And you were just great agile organization, accomplish something in a week and change something in a week. What would that be? I mean, if there was one thing. Gosh, if we uh, if we in a way, but only had one week. Gosh, I would have every developer we could get our hands on come give us their deals all within one week. I would have us meet all week long instead of once a month or throughout the month sporadically. And I would try to put together as many deals as possible, which would probably give our lawyer a heart attack. Uh, but I would try to do all of our deals in a week. Because we, we, I'll go to a board meeting and we'll, we'll approve a couple million dollars worth of investment each board meeting. So we, we, we move and shake. We are, we are on fire. I would just say I'd have to try to cram as much into the week as I could. So what would an agile Tucson look like to you? I mean, you, you yeah. seem that like it was not as agile as Rio Nuevo. So yeah. what would an agile Tucson look like to you as, as a city? Gosh, I mean, I would simply start with leadership and say they, I, I would ask that they would say yes and be open-minded a bit more. I would hope that they would not only listen to the neighborhoods and the NIMBYs, which are the people that say not in my backyard, I would hope that they would also listen to the business community. And I think as the business community, we haven't done a, a, as great of a job as we could to have these deep conversations with our city leadership. Uh, I, I think there needs to be more of a balance there. I mean, even the fact that they're the entire city council's Democrat, um, as a Republican, I wouldn't want to see them all Republican. I think there needs to be a mix, and there needs to be a negotiation, there needs to be a compromise. Um, I don't like when one party runs anything all the way. I just I don't think that's human nature. I'll tell you a story which I think would be will be magic for you. So my sister Leah Marquez Peterson was the president and CEO of the Tucson Hispanic Chamber. She and I went to Phoenix for Chamber Day and we visited the state legislature. Um, the first group that we met at the state legislature, and this was, gosh, this was uh, probably six years ago. The first group we met with were the Democrats, and the Democrats beat the crap out of Tucson. They had nothing good to say about Tucson. Kind of mocked us a bit. I thought, well, that was interesting. 
So the next group we went into is with the moderate Republicans. Moderate Republicans beat the crap out of us. I said, oh, okay, okay, that, that's interesting. Like, they had nothing to say, good to say about Tucson. Uh, they were talking about the city of Tucson, talking about Pima County. The next group we went into were the, were, was the Liberty Caucus, which was the far-right Republican Party at the time, and they were running the show at the state legislature. They annihilated us. They really didn't have anything good to say about us. So Democrats, moderate Republicans, uh, conservative Republicans, nobody had anything good to say. So I'm, I'm just flabbergasted because I, I love this community so much. I mean, it's like someone talking badly about your sibling or something. It's just, it, was just, it just didn't fit. So we're walking out uh, from the state legislature building to a tent where we're about to have lunch with uh, Governor Brewer at the time. And so I grabbed one of the state legislators by the shoulder that had just been bashing on us. And I said, hey, man, I love my community. I'm from Tucson. I'm born and raised there. Like, we just got the crap beat out of us from the Democrats, moderate Republicans, conservative Republicans. What's the deal? What's, what's happening here? And uh, he said, he smirked. I remember he smirked when he looked at me. He had a big smirk on his face and he said, it's real easy. You are the community of no. You say no to everything to the point we don't even pay attention to you anymore. And I've always that for, remembered that sentence that he told me. And I was like, wow. So, I mean, look, here's the, here's the easy one that everyone will remember. Think about Grand Canyon University. We had an opportunity to build a, this Grand Canyon University is kicking butt. They are, they are an economic juggernaut up in the Phoenix area. We had an opportunity to have it on the west side. Uh, it didn't happen. We said no to an opportunity. You know, we said no to Motorola coming here like in the 80s or 80s, early 90s. We literally turned them down as a community. Who does that? So our, our, our victory prior to our recent victory, which was Caterpillar, which was a renewable project. We put a lot of money into that project to bring them. The previous really... Um, defining victory was IBM. I think the IBM was early 80s. We went through a whole, we went through decades of saying no to the point where economically it affected us. You can continue to say, not in my backyard, not on my watch, you know, not near me, not in my neighborhood, but all you're doing is denying higher paying jobs coming into our community. If you want to impact the community in a positive way, Train your workforce, like with the Pima Community College, University of Arizona, train your workforce so they have skills and or they have the, the white-collar education. They become doctors, lawyers, etc. And you, you have to recruit the companies to come here with the higher-paying jobs, period. And if, you, and if you're not doing that, you better love on the, on, the, on the businesses you currently have in your community so they continue to grow and prosper and continue to do well so they can offer more of a wage. That's it. Those are great responses in terms of, and that kind of like answered my other question is uh, why would an agile economy be important to Tucson in your opinion? Now, I would go, since I think, I believe you answered that. So the next question I would really want to get to is, would that shift, how would that change the economic ecosystem of the city of Tucson? Being more agile, bringing about these different types of changes by saying yes to the appropriate oh my gosh. economic opportunities. So yeah. what would that change look like? Well, you're you're gonna have you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a you'll have a couple battles in there. Unfortunately, we are we are we are at the core um, a community in which says not in my backyard. Unfortunately, and I mean that from a guy that really loves Tucson. So if we became agile and we started making those adjustments and being more progressive and saying let's invite the companies in, let's maybe rezone some properties, let's let's do some things to actually spur our economy and, and our ecosystem, you're going to have some people that are going to just, 
scream and kick and say, don't do it. You're either being racist or you're, or you're bringing people into my neighborhood that shouldn't be here and or you're, you're not uh, valuing you know, the historical value of this 1975 property or 1980 property. I get the historical piece. Like there are definitely some historical value in some properties, but there's some that are just plainly ugly that should be torn down that aren't historical. So you're going you're gonna to have the pushback. On the, on the flip side, beyond the attraction of new companies and new development, I, f I firmly believe that Tucson is under-redeveloped. Mm. Not underdeveloped. And I'm not looking for sprawl everywhere, but under-redeveloped. So if you look at certain portions of Grant Road, for example, where the, it's just dilapidated and not very nice looking, it's really an ugly street. Or you look at area of ro areas of road on 22nd that just aren't attractive boulevards. Um, I think one of the things that would happen is we, as we started saying, yes, this ecosystem that you mentioned, you're going to start seeing nicer looking properties. Here's, an, here's a great example. Like if you think of Grant Road Lumber, which burned down decades ago, sat, you know, uh, empty for a while. Then you have Sam Fox, who's a Sabino graduate, going to, going to Grant Road Lumber, and now he's created um, Culinary Dropout, which is a huge success. He tears down the dilapidated building next to it and builds a beautiful retail space as well. That's, a, that's redevelopment. And I personally would love to see more of that. At the same time, if you think about it, why did, why did, we, leave, why did we lose spring training? Well, we freaking killed a huge opportunity to build a stadium downtown, which would have been organic economic growth, and we built it on Kino. God bless the South Side, you know, and the folks there, but having the stadium on Kino was a horrible decision. It was a horrible decision. So spring training, you know, some of the feedback was, besides the fact that these teams were at some point move anyway, the, the word on the street was the baseball players did not have any fun. They did not enjoy it. There was nothing to do. You go visit our same teams that are now sitting up in Scottsdale, Phoenix, Glendale, you name it, Tempe. They have, oh my gosh, they got restaurants, they got bars, they got entertainment, they got NFL football, they've got NBA basketball, they've got concerts. There's just so much more to do. And we built ours on a desert area of Kino. So there's, there's different areas that, that uh, we need to continue to develop, but we also got to make smart de decisions as we develop. What is your message to the business, academic, and spiritual communities in Tucson about, let's say, taking on like a, an agile type attitude or mindset? I would just say, please be open-minded and positive. And I would say, you know, help, help us, the, 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 the community leaders, whether it's a business leader or a neighborhood leader or community leader, help us create a Tucson in which it's the best city in America to raise a family. And that, that, and that goes down to core services as well. Are they protected well by our police? Are they protected well by our fire? Do they have paved roads to drive on? Uh, do they have a good job to go to? Um, how, what's the school district look like? How's the school district performing? We have to continue to say yes. We need, we need to continue to have higher expectations for what we've done. But I think we need to be a lot more open-minded and continue to say yes so that we can continue to grow this economy and not be stagnant. I mean, are we are we the, are we going to simply be where we're at ten years from now, or will Tucson, you know, continue to progress and improve? And I, I like to see improvements. I mean, I, I think you still got to pay homage to the to the past and and uh, and so forth. But I think at the same time, you can continue to upgrade your community uh, aggressively. Anything else you'd like to add before um, we we wrap up? You know, I think this was very informative. Um, I think our audience would really get a lot out of this conversation. 
Um, anything final that you would like to add? To yeah, I'd like to make a comment about you. <laughs> about me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is what I like about you. I like the fact that you moved here from California, and I love the fact that you've gotten involved in our community. Tucson is one big high school hallway, and we need to continue to welcome folks from outside of our community, from other states, embrace them, and support them as they might bring fresh ideas and fresh efforts into our community. And I just want to say thank you for moving to Tucson. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is important. I look forward to this message getting out. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Dave. It's been fun. <laughs> thank you. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity and inclusion training. Thank you, Agile Alliance, for the Meta Pro account sponsorship. Learn more about Agile Alliance at www.agilealliance.org. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays program. Visit www.fivesaturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking?, on Amazon.com. You will also find his book, Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way, on Amazon.com. The Nal Share with Dr. Dave podcast is hosted on GrokShare.com and streamed on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I encourage everyone to find their awesomeness. It is a choice. If you have questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. This podcast is produced by Dr. Dave Cornelius. Until next time, find your awesomeness. Copyright 2019, Nalshare.